0: Lives up to its nickname, the Windy City. Winds of up to 90 miles an hour bring the less hardy to a standstill, or use them like a Scotsman's curling stones.
1: Alley fight between Fitz and Combs. You both get to pick three all-time socks and Cubs as part of your alley fight. My play. my number one draft pick is Michael Barrett. Michael
0: Barrett, you're out of your mind.
1: Michael, but do you see that right hook? Ask AJ Pierzynski if he wants to get hit with
0: that right hook. Again. You can ask AJ Persunski that. I will. That's kind That's such a podcast question. Ah, uh, shut up, Jordan Rizzo! It's in time,
1: and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Frey has it. He throws out, out a White Sox winner and a World Championship. Welcome to another episode of Windy City Sports Talk. I am your host, Brandon Combs, alongside my co-host, Ryan Fitzgibbons. We have a lot to get to tonight, including Cubs versus White Sox. If you missed any part of today's live broadcast, you can now catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click that like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. If you have any feedback for us or have something you want us to talk about or questions you want us to answer, you can email us at combs and fits all one word. Combs and fits all one word at gmail.com. And fitzy. I've got to get you the the password to this so that you can see some of these emails that we're getting, and you can answer some of the stupidity that I've had to answer over the last couple of (laughs) weeks. Um, You know, and I'm not just talking about your brother John emailing the show either. (laughs) We get so we we've gotten a couple of a couple of things from people who just you know maybe just avid you know not avid listeners of the show i should say but more of casual listeners of the show maybe heard one or two segments and just thinks that we are um a couple of d-bags that only talk politics and race on the show apparently
0: oh wow what were some what was some of the feedback
1: oh one of them was uh what the hell would two white guys know what it's like for black people in america my my answer and my reply to that email was so because of my race you're disqualifying my opinion. That's just
0: did some of our know. clips get out there or
1: something? I, I, yeah, I will. We've I mean the the numbers are are going up every week for downloads and and listens ever since we got on iHeart and Spotify and all that stuff. So I just think we're getting to be more diverse. But I can assure you that anything that we say or do is certainly how we feel, how we act. And I, I, I realize some people now, you know, are just not fans of, of common sense. You know, I, this, this whole Jason L Dean thing is, uh, is kind of, you know, prime example of how in this world, we only listen to something when it bothers us. Um, you know, so, For those of you that that haven't heard, Jason Aldean has a song out there talking about, uh, you know, try this in a small town where basically he's just telling you, hey, look, all this stuff that you think is cool. If you come try that in my hood, (laughs) you're not going to make it very far, which is basically the same thing that Machine Gun Kelly says when he says, then I'll effing stomp him in the face. You know, he says, don't carjack an old lady at a red light, but. You know, people have a problem with that. And Snoop Dogg says, because I'm pistol strapping, carjacking hustler. That's okay. Jason L.D. says, go ahead, pull a gun owner on the shop, on the owner of a liquor store. Didn't Sublime once say the first spot we hit was the liquor store. I finally got all the alcohol that I can't afford. (laughs) Jason L.D. also said, you think it's cool? Well, act a fool. If If you like, cuss out a cop, spit in his face. That's not cool. Body count one saying, "I'm about to bust some shots off. I'm about to dust some cops off." That was okay. Nobody's ever ever said anything about any of those songs, but Jason Aldean, a white guy, said it in front of a place in like North Carolina or West Virginia or something that has people all up in an uproar. Now all of a sudden, we've got to cancel country music.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, that's where we live now unfortunately and what we, we talked about it just last week uh on Fitzgibberish but we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks about censorship and this would be the weirdest way to get censored for me I would think <laughs> uh I had several people listen to the podcast at work you know that were several different races that had no problem with it that love the show uh that think we're funny that think we get better every week but you know, there's there's people that are going to have trouble. I I think it's also a power thing. Yeah, uh, they have they have the power to cancel you. Why not do it?
1: Well, right, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when you know you can you can ruin somebody's life just by by accusations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there there's certain things out there that's called freedom of speech. Um, there's, a, there's people out there who fight for it. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, like the fire.org. Um, they're out there fighting for freedom of speech. And, and not everybody believes in that. And most people do believe in freedom of speech, but most people believe in freedom of speech as long as it sends the message that they want to convey and not the other way around.
0: So, you know, it's just another place. And I mentioned it last week that used to be for freedom of speech. It's the ACLU. Yep. You now they're trying to get people not to speak at uh, colleges. Uh, a soundbite that we play on here uh, a lot, uh, believe, it, believe it or not, is uh, by George Carlin. As soon yeah. as I put this hot poker in my ass, <laughs> I'm going to chop my dick off.
1: <laughs>
0: well, George Carlin was a buttoned up, suited up, uh, you know, straight, wanted to be an actor know but was a comedian uh back in the late 50s through the 60s as the 60s got later he went to colleges to to do a stand-up act and yeah. thought he had to go to colleges to do a stand-up act just to you know uh you know find that youth again and that rebellious nature that was already always in him obviously throughout his whole life until way until right before he died i mean i think his last live show was like six seven months before he died uh back i think 2008 or 2009 and uh, you know, we don't have to stay. It is Cubs Sox today, but uh, it is important. I think that he would go to colleges, and now people can't even go to colleges to talk. It's it's ridiculous.
1: My boy John Hoffman entering yeah. the chat says, "Freedom of speech. Cubs suck ass." <laughs> and it is Cubs versus White Sox week. What's going yeah. on, Hoffy? Thanks for joining the show. We've got Cubs versus Sox tonight. It's uh, you know, look the this rivalry is not the same as it used to be. Um, but like a majority of rivalries, especially in the game of baseball, it's more of a fan rivalry than it is a team rivalry. I know you, you got some team rivalries in football for sure. There are some teams that just genuinely, if you're wearing one uniform, you just don't like the other team, right? Bears, Packers, uh, you know, you go probably Chiefs, Raiders, you know, stuff like that. You, you, there, there are definitely some of those, And there might even be some player rivalries on some other teams. It's just been a long time since you've seen two teams in baseball that actually hate
0: each other. This is actually a fan base rivalry. I don't know.
1: It's just not the same, though.
0: It isn't. uh, You know, like everything in America, we water it down a little bit, I think. Uh, Just because, you know, back in 98 when they flipped over uh, to interleague play, the Cubs and Sox never played a game that was meant anything other than the Michael Jordan game that when he had a double to win it no there was never a game there was a spring training game and yeah people got a little whipped up for that but there hasn't been anything um there wasn't anything until until then you know there was no yeah. World Series obviously because both these teams are anemic
1: but <laughs> Huffy says Combs, do you get outside, or does your wife keep you locked up in the basement? Get some sun, you clown. <laughs> First of all, this man is just mad because when he came in town last year for my wedding, um, his wife came to the Cubs game with all of us, and she's been wearing her Cubs hat ever since. So he's just a little perturbed at me that she's not wearing his Red Sox colors. She likes to don my Cubs colors. Maybe, Hoffy, maybe it's just because she knows her stuff. Oh my just saying.
0: Oh, my God. What is that? (laughs) well I guess the Cubs do have a better record I mean I'll tell you that I didn't know we'd be sitting here uh talking about that I I would at least think that this game would have a little bit more sizzle just because the Sox would actually be if you told me the top team in the division was five games over 500 I wouldn't think the Sox would be 12 and a half games out yeah Uh, uh, (laughs) that's a problem so you know, in the last few years it's been the Cubs that haven't brought a lot of sizzle, but it's the Sox this year, I mean, which is disappointing. They got a very weird lineup. Jake Berger for the first time in his career, I think, MLB career, he might have played a couple innings there, is playing second base. So that's it's gotta be the biggest second baseman in the league right now. Wait, wait wise. I'm sure there's a couple people that are taller.
1: That whole left side or right side of the infield between him and Vaughn it's got to be like I mean the ball's got to tilt that way right now, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Vaughn yeah, yeah. You know Vaughn is is kind of heavy, but he he's a little bit. I wow. Well, he's a big dude, man. Yeah, he is a big guy. He's just not not that tall, just wide. Yeah.
1: Yes. But it, no, there hasn't been a lot of sizzle. The Cubs haven't brought a lot of sizzle. The White Sox have really actually dominated this series mm-hmm. head-to-head i mean whenever they get together head-to-head even back in the day when it was just a um just a uh, exhibition series that they would play a three-game exhibition series in one of the two stadiums and they would alternate years it was dominated by the white sox hell i, I think it was one of the actual good games that michael jordan had <laughs> in a white sox uniform I mean, it yeah. was two for five in that game with a couple of RBIs and it broke my heart. I was actually at that game. It broke my heart. Oh, my God. That broke your heart. Yeah, because I loved Michael Jordan and then I hated him for a little while. <laughs> I was like 10. So I was crying. He was I was mad.
0: He's he going to be on the socks. But yeah, I mean, double A and he actually started playing OK before he went back to basketball, believe it or not. I mean, he went yeah. right to double A. Who goes right to double A? Yeah, Well, when your Uh, name is Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Could run, you know, could play the outfield decently enough. Uh, Going back, uh, you know, Hoffman over here says low blow. but hey, man. Well, he did give a low blow. You do kind of look like the people under the stairs. That's true. That's a (laughs) horror movie plot. That's true. (laughs) It's the lighting, man. It's the lighting. It could be the lighting. I'd be a little paler if I wasn't off my laptop screen, but I had a little technical difficulties again today before the show. Speaking of
1: technical difficulties, the White Sox have two pitchers going in this series that have been having technical difficulties all season long. You got Michael Kopech going tonight, who, you know, his dad, after one really good outing versus the Oakland A's, you know, started spouting off on Twitter about, hey, anybody who said Michael Kopech couldn't hack it uh, can, can suck it basically is what he was saying. And I, I kind of responded to his dad and said, well, let's try putting two starts together in a row and haven't seen much out of Michael Kopech since. Um, And then you got Lance Lynn going tomorrow. And these are two guys who may actually not be white Sox next Tuesday.
0: Yeah. I just think you'll get more for Lance Lynn. He's got an option next year. If someone would want to pick it up, I, I don't know if one would, and he's pitched a little bit better definitely has a strikeout ratio better than copeck this year i just don't think they're going to get what they want for copeck let's say they're bad again next year and copeck has a two era yeah. through half the season you're going to get more for him i just i just don't see them getting and, and his stuff is still there i'll keep it saying that. his stuff's still there he's just got to put it together through the in, in between the years and I, I think that's coming. I really do. Could be wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> i a lot this season. I'm on a text with my uh, cousins, and uh, my uncle's on the text too. And he's like this just on Sunday that Sox had enough t- another tough loss. He's like, I I thought they'd be good this season. I'm like, I'm on the record saying they'd win over 90 games. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> on the record, <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I was I was
1: right there with you. Like I really thought that this team. Was going to do something I thought the Tony La Effect would have been gone with Tony La Being gone but I think the problem is Neither one of us expected it to linger as bad As it's been and I don't Think either one of us counted on the fact That the White Sox just keep hiring Yes men and that's not a good thing Because Kopech just threw a pitch and then afterwards Was kind of flexing out his shoulder (laughs) I mean that Like I can't you can't Make this stuff anymore up with the White Sox They get you on back today though so that was Good
0: yeah it was Seems like he's played more games in the minors, doing a rehab stint that he has in majors this year. Came out, came out of the WBC. We were here together watching it when he collided. Yeah, uh, Yeah. with him, I was half drunk by then, but uh, I was like, "That's not Mancada." You are like, "That's Mancada." It was Mancada. Yeah, Um, yeah. And uh, I just,
1: I I think with these two pitchers, with Kopech and with with Lance Lynn. I, I agree with you. I think you're going to get more for Lance. Somebody's going to take a flyer on Lance Lynn. There's going to be a contending team that takes a flyer on Lance Lynn. Probably the Yankees, to be honest with you, take a flyer on Lance Lynn to try to do something to get them through the stretch. And look, the Yankees are down. The Yankees might be sellers more than they are buyers. But those are so one of the teams that I could see a Lance Lynn going to. Maybe even a team like the Red Sox. A team over there in American League East that could really use a fourth or fifth spot start type guy. And that's kind of what Lance Lynn is at this point. And he hasn't been solid. Every time he goes out, you don't know what you're going to get. You might get seven solid innings from him. Or you might get three innings of what the fuck. <laughs> those are your options with Lance Lynn lately. I like Michael Kopech. I think Michael Kopek's stuff is still there. Um, I I would give you a prospect or, or two for a Michael Kopech, uh, knowing that I can bring him back. Uh, I believe it was he... Kopech's got two years of control left?
0: I want to uh, say. Two years, yeah, through yeah. 2025, yep, yep. Yeah,
1: so you, you get him for another two years. You got a guy who who can possibly be a stud and help you out. I mean, and there's, there's a team... Over on the north side of town that they are playing tonight, all he has to do is walk over to the other dugout via a trade. It would make a lot of sense for the Cubs to go out and get Michael Kopech and try to get the White Sox to throw in an Aaron Bummer or a Joe Kelly for... A couple of these prospects that they've got coming up and I'm not talking about like PCA or or Ben Brown or any of these top prospects that you have coming through the system, but you could get you, you could go out and you could you could legitimately you have so many options in your outfield in the minor leagues that you could give up one of your bigger prospects
0: What about a Kendall Graveman or someone you probably don't know who's probably been the best Sox reliever, a Kenyon Middleton, who's been really good, has a really good sinker. Even when he does get hit and doesn't strike guys out, they don't really hit it much. Uh, Throws a lot of strikes, too. Um, At this point, as long as you're taking Michael Fulmer back in the trade with you, I don't care who you get. Oh, Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, I think they're going to have to package people here. I think the Dodgers want uh, either Lynn or Giolito and either something like Kendall Graveman or Kenya. I think Kenyon Middleton is so good. His contract is so small. Yeah. Um, with Joe Kelly, you do have a contract there. It's not much, though. I don't think the Dodgers give a, a hoot.
1: Downing Thomas says, I know someone who took the under on the White Sox.
0: yes doubting thomas did the self always a self-promoter one of the best he was a Sox fan he is the don king if what does it matter i'm a Sox fan and i want him to sell the team
1: right but you also picked them to win 93 wins you were at least hoping your team wins. he put money on them to lose what are you p rose
0: (laughs) he probably is something like that i think he's a realist he's pragmatic he's a doubting thomas that's why he's doubting thomas
1: Nah, that's true.
0: So It's true. But I did have another trade that you vehemently disagree about, but we're going to see if you get angry about it again. The Grandal trade, I think, works okay with me because he does play a decent first base as well.
1: I Look, I don't hate the Grandal trade. The reason why I don't think it makes sense for the Cubs from a Cubs perspective is, is you've already got three catchers on your roster and yes, you're probably probably going to send a um you know uh I can't think of his name now. Uh Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart. You're probably gonna send Tucker Barnhart to a team that is going to give you a relief pitcher. Um you're probably going to to part with Tucker Barnhart. However, you've got Cody Bellinger. I dude, I've changed my tune on Cody Bellinger a hundredfold. Yeah, I would. I would lock Cody Bellinger up for at least two to three years right In now. Basement? No, I would. I would sign him for a two to three year extension <laughs> right now because, look,
0: dude, we Cody... not do that to a guy like this. He's had three bad years, and it wasn't because he was hurt. He was just bad at baseball. Because maybe baseball, maybe he just doesn't like baseball. Believe me, I have a guy on this. I had a guy on the White Sox who played like this. His name was Yoan Moncada. Hit three fifteen, had twenty five home runs. It was great great played a great third baseman in 2019 and then shit the bed for three years i mean he was hurt in between a couple times there's a covid thing he had an okay year in 21 but uh, there's too many red flags for me and cody bellinger but if you want to give the guy a big contract go ahead he's getting older too now
1: Can I can I give you why I lock up Cody now? I don't
0: want. Do read his stat line. He's playing. I'm not.
1: No, I'm not talking I'm about reading. his stat lines. Look, look. In July, yes, he's doubled his home run total. He's he's been an absolute stud. He's come through in the clutch in the last two weeks more than any Cub has probably in the last five years. I think he's comfortable in Chicago. I think he found a place that maybe just opened up, si- out, up outside of Wrigley Field where you can get some of that wacky tabacchi if you catch my drift. And Cody <laughs> Bellinger, as you can tell just by looking at him, he is a guy who enjoys his wacky tabacchi. Yes. And I think he's just found a a spot. I think that he is comfortable. I think that he enjoys hitting at Wrigley Field. He's always hit well at Wrigley Field, even as a Dodger. I think he's comfortable with where he's at. And I look where else, where else are the Cubs getting left-handed power from? Even look, even if Cody Bellinger isn't what he is, I'm not saying you lock Cody Bellinger up on a max deal over three years. Although he, he is a Scott Boris guy. So you're, you're not going to be able to extend him. You're going to have to do this in the off season, but he's not a guy that you're going to have to give three years at, at, you know, 40 or 50 million. He's a guy that if you offer three years at 15 to 16 million per year, is a guy that can play first base for you, a guy that can bring PCAA on, a guy that can bring Matt Mervis on, a guy that will allow you the flexibility who can play multiple positions, who is a left-handed power hitting guy, who is a threat. And that's just something that the Cubs don't have right now. Who else is their left-handed power, right? I mean, you're not talking about Matt Mervis, who just came up and, and you know was a dud. You know, it, it, it's you've got to you've got to lock that up because it means more to your team moving forward than it does right now and you it's not going to cost you a ton of
0: money i just yeah, uh, i just made sense I, didn't i, I you hate it and i made, I made sense no i think you're going to be in a bidding war <laughs> i really do i really think you're going to be in a bidding war with this guy and why why even do that to yourself
1: well, if it gets, it's one of those things where you go in. If you're getting into a bidding war, you go into ahead of time. Look, here's where I'm willing to go. If it gets past this number, I'm out. And, and I'm, I'd be okay with that. I'm what okay is, if the Cubs what, say, "Look, we we just got outbid." I'm fine with that. But you need to be he, a player.
0: What is he as a player for the rest of the season? If if we're going to be making this argument, if if I'm going to be giving some of my money away when I had biblical losses during COVID.
1: Right now, right now, he's the Cubs MVP.
0: Solid Timmy Ricketts.
1: Right now, he is the Cubs MVP. He's the best player on the Cubs. He has been since he came back off the injured list. He was pretty damn good before he went on the injured list.
0: He's the only middle line uh the lineup player you have. Right? Yeah, and not, and he went. He I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that, but the the most important word in baseball, or one of the most important, is sample size. And his sample size is just not big enough. If by the end of the season he's good, yeah, and they and they get two seasons, and he gives them, but eh, I don't see the player doing that for for many reasons. But uh, if he gives them two seasons, if he give, if if he's willing to give in for two seasons for like thirty mil, forty mil, even forty million, yeah, yeah I probably take that. But if we're talking three, four years, and you're locking this guy up for a hundred and something million dollars, I'm 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 against that. Cause that's a lot more, more money to lock up. Yeah. I no. Yeah. Have some contracts out there now with the inhap I mean, right. Uh, and I,
1: I don't want, like, I, I'm not uh, trust me. I'm not out there saying, Hey, we've got to go get this guy at, at five years, a hundred million dollars at all. Like, I, I don't think that he warrants that, but he is only 28 years old. You get him on a three-year deal, three-year prove a deal. I know a lot of times you get a one-year prove a deal was going to be a three-year prove a deal. You'll be 31 at the time that the deal expires, and then you can go get your big contract like everybody else does.
0: I'll see your three-year prove-it deal, and I'll raise you two years with a third-year club option. Yeah, that's fine too. I'm I'm yeah. fine with that as it's well. Like second year, if your team sucks and he's actually good, like you think he's going to be, right? Uh, you could trade him. And I mean, the Cubs right now
1: is at, we're at trade deadline week. We have trade deadline is coming up next. I believe it's next Monday, right? The 31st at 3 p.m. I want to say, or is it the first? It's one of those two days. It's either Monday or Tuesday.
0: Oh, 28th, 29th. 30, yeah, 31st. It's the, th- yeah, it's the- yeah. It Monday. So,
1: yep. so it's 3 p.m. Eastern time is the trade deadline every year. The Cubs right now are sitting, I believe they are seven games out. Milwaukee won last night. There's seven games out. And uh, they've won three straight. Took three straight off the Cardinals after losing the opener of that series. They got the White Sox, then they get the Cardinals for another four before the trade deadline. If I'm the Cubs, I'm standing pat. Yeah. I, it, it, and if I if I'm yeah. moving anybody, if I'm making a trade to move anybody, I might be trading. I, I'm more for trading Marcus Stroman than I am
0: Cody Bellinger. I think it's a, yeah. And it's a year where you can stay pat. It's, it's, I, I yeah. you know, you could trade some veteran contracts. Like you said, Strowman, I, I think a lot of teams would take Strowman. Some teams are waiting to see what's going to happen with Strowman, uh, whether they're going to mm-hmm. take the Leo on a trade to see if the yeah. are going to stay pat. I think you'll get something for Strowman. I think you'll get more even for Strowman. And I, I, I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, starting pitching has had a premium right now, yeah, for sure. And a lot of people still don't know about Cody Bellinger. I mean, you don't he's just had two it, straight
1: rough outings, too.
0: Stroman, yeah, yeah, I don't know. As long as they think he's healthy and he passes a physical, which yeah. he's gonna have to do on a trade, I don't think mm-hmm. they're worried about that. You know, they have to be looking at his stuff. They have to scout well. If it's the Dodgers trading for him, yeah. Then I think they're gonna, he thinks they think he's going to be okay, and I bet you he is going to be okay. But
1: two straight rough starts, his ERA is ERA still under
0: three. So I yeah. like I, yeah. I
1: think you could get a lot in return. But here here's my
0: thing with the He so had I, a rough I, start, and it's like, so what is ERA is three and a half. Like yeah, it's still he's been very good. It has a lot of strikeouts this season. Yeah, but, but I very, brought this up to a
1: buddy of mine the other day, and I said, look, I said, you know. Yes, the Cubs could sell. Yes, they could get some pieces for Bellinger. They could get some pieces for Strowman. They could do a lot of that. Are they a team that can win the World Series? I don't believe so. However, there's only so many straight years. This would be the third straight sell-off for the Cubs at the trade deadline. There's only so many times that you can keep going and keep adding to farm system pieces. At some point, your farm system pieces have to become your major league pieces.
0: Yeah, You know what I mean? (laughs)
1: Like... You can't keep. You can't just keep. Oh, all right. Well, this year we, you know, we signed a couple of good players, but we're going to flip them at the deadline. We're going to get some more pieces. Okay. Well, well, great. But at some point, you've got to do something. And if you stand pat and heading into playoffs, do I think you're a World Series team? No. But if you look at at Stroman and Steele as your one-two punch heading into the playoffs, you've got a chance. You've got a chance with the way that these guys have been pitching. If they continue to pitch this way, I myself, I don't. If you're going to trade Stroman, that's fine because look, you've got Ben Brown with over 140 strikeouts in the minor leagues. You could bring him up to be your fifth starter. You can you can push everybody up. Kyle Hendricks been throwing well. Smiley's uh, been okay as long as you they they threw a uh, uh, an opener out there for him for two innings the other day, which was Michael Fulmer, by the way. <laughs> And and then you've got Kyle Hedrick throwing well, and, and Tyone has kind of turned it around over his last three or four outings as well. He's had a, a bunch of good starts, and he's put them together consistently. So you can actually weather the storm of losing Stroman at the top of your rotation better than you can losing Bellinger. And that's why I think that the Cubs should stand pat. If Well, I, when I say stand pat, I don't mean... like. Tucker Barnhart for a couple of relievers or or a couple of different pieces to, to bring some relievers in. That's what you need to do because that's what kind of makes you back in contention for this division and gives you a shot at getting to the playoffs, which, as we all know, once you get into playoffs, anything can happen. Do I think they're going to win a World Series? No. Do I think that anything that they can do this year at the trade deadline is going to win them a World Series? No. But things can happen.
0: Things can happen. Things that can happen. I mean, they should have had that in the movie Untouchables. They, Things can happen. We we, we no, say please. that the Dodgers, the dot. well, not the Dodgers, Three teams in this city, have five f- five guys in their farm system in the top 100 in MLB. The Dodgers, <laughs> who are in second place, probably will make the playoffs, have nine. No, they're winning the division now. That's, uh, you know. The Sox even even beat the, the Braves in a series, for Christ's sake. Well, I know, but the Dodgers are leading that division now. Well, there you go. The old, yeah. the old division, I, I did not see that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, the Dodgers are winning, are leading a very tough division right now. The Cubs mm-hmm. and Sox can't even whiff second place in two bad, one bad division and one just god-awful division. And they have nine draft picks nine draft picks nine guys in their farm system that are in the top 100 that's ridiculous yeah. would you agree they, that between the top watching baseball <laughs> which five years
1: would you agree that of the cubs and Sox, the sock the cubs are probably on the better trajectory yeah no, i mean yeah,
0: no doubt no doubt they have a better farm system they were 16th the The socks were like 26th or 27th. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I I don't put a lot of I don't put a a lot of emphasis, but if you're the number one team or number two team and you're number one in your division (laughs) and your farm system, you're doing pretty fucking good. We're gonna see the Dodgers for fucking ever. And it's ridiculous. It's well the reason I asked that
1: question is just because I think that the Cubs are a little bit better than what their record shows. And baseball prospectus has a stat out there as to what your run differential means to your record. And the Cubs run differential right now is the only one in the division that's in the positive, And it's a plus 41. And at their plus 41 uh, run differential, baseball pre- prospectus says that their record should be 54- in 45 nine games over 500 however they come into the night three games under 500 they've dealt with some injuries dealt with you know without stroman for a week they dealt without steel for three weeks dealt without bellinger for three weeks and now they're getting healthy again and they they once they they did go back up to two games before 500 right when those guys started to get injured they fell back to about seven games under 500 once those guys come back, and now they're back to three games under 500.
0: Are we they're working their way back. Every time Tim Anderson has an error. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't make errors as often as people like to make him out to make errors. This
0: year he does. I mean, whew. Yeah, I... I he mean, just has a lot of range compared to his range, the amount of balls he gets. Yeah. So I understand that stat, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess at this point in the season, you can put some stock and run differential, but I don't put everything into that. I mean, they like to have these stats where they put everything into it, but I mean, yeah, they've been a solid team. They've done just about what I thought they would do. I thought they could be a shade over 500 this year. Uh, but they've been okay. I mean, some guys have been disappointments like the guy on first base right now, (laughs) say, uh, but, um, but all in all, yeah, you have to be okay, sort of happy with your team. I mean, I'd like more, I'd like their farm system to be doing a lot better right now. If you're three games under 500, you'd like to see that. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could be mad about this season right now. I mean, I think they've done really well, uh, like bringing a team together. Dansby Swanson just gets a home run, but uh, who's, who's been a decent pickup. I wouldn't say is, you know, he's been great, but he's been about what, what he was billed to be, uh, you know? And yeah, I mean, uh, I, if they get a couple of really good middle of the, uh a couple of really good relievers and a couple middle of the order guys, I think they, I, I really think they can be, in contention for this division next year and no question not fighting and scratching to get ahead in the division you know uh but actually doing well in it I, I, I your tv I, is like 20 seconds ahead of mine by the way Dansby Swanson just is now
1: crossing home plate from that home run I didn't know he hit it and when you said that I looked up I'm like he's still at the plate maybe he's just talking about something else and then he hits that home uh, yeah. run which, My by the team. way, just won me $450 because I put 100 bucks on Swanson to hit a home run tonight just because Kopeck is a fastball pitcher. Swanson crushes fastballs. Bada-bing, bada-boom. You beat,
0: must a you lose a lot of money. But
1: anyway. So much. <laughs> so much.
0: <laughs> Hopefully Michelle's not listening to this. But anyway.
1: She's not listening.
0: I digress. I mean, there's not really a lot you can argue about. You never thought that they were going to, you yeah. know, you thought St. Louis was going to be running away with this division or maybe Milwaukee. They're good. No. Milwaukee's but, good.
1: Cincinnati is Cincinnati's good too. Look, I, I mean, they, they just went they on another five-game winning, winning streak yeah. uh, that just got snapped yesterday by Milwaukee. Um, yeah. Cincinnati is going to be a player till the end. They're going to be good for a few years.
0: You would think with that farm system. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with you really on a lot of what you said, other than I might, I might make a trade or two if it looks good for some good prospects. But I think you agree with that with Stroman. I mean, if you get a top prospect for Stroman right now, you got to really consider it heavily. So, Swanson and
1: Morel go back to
0: back. Are we doing the broadcast or are we doing show? Do it. Who would do a Chicago Windy City show during a Cubs White Sox? (laughs) We would. You know, we would. I don't think there's a lot of people that watch these anymore. I just don't. The Cubs Sox in the beginning, they don't. They just don't have the sizzle they used to. Like I used to meet people at bars and go out. I am a little older now. I have a child, but. I don't know anybody who's going out. I, I don't see a lot of it on my feed, any of my feed. Oh. So. Look, Comiskey
1: or or what a guaranteed rate has about, you know, 30,000 more fans in it tonight than it normally would if they were playing another team. So that's a plus. White Sox are gaining All some revenue. Out
0: there care. Hopefully you can find a man that cares <laughs> about you as much as Cubs fans care <laughs> about the White Sox attendance. Uh, or their own attendance. I had to
1: poke the I'll bear.
0: Say that, or their own attendance. They're the only team in sports that cares about their attendance. The only team. Are the are, are Cubs, the Cubs brass, and Cubs fans. Only team. If
1: that was true, they wouldn't keep
0: the stat. No one cares about how many people are going to a game but Cubs fans.
1: Jeremiah Murray says, I quit a job to watch a Cubs-Sox game. Not go to watch a cub socks game. Hmm.
0: How important was that job, Jeremiah? Come and
1: what on. year was this? Because yeah,
0: <laughs> this was not uh, 2023. 20, you have children for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> yeah. It it looked they had Michael Barrett on before the show. And you were dealing with your computer issues, but they had Michael Barrett on before the show talking about the uh the the punch and uh yeah he's still a bitch for that so
0: <laughs> is there going to be a trade between these two teams before monday do you think you think the cubs and Sox no. are gonna to get together and do something why not i just don't i you know other than grund i i just don't see a fit there i don't think the cubs are going to want to rent a player and that's pretty much anybody the Sox are going to trade and i don't think the cubs have what it would need to take to get a dylan sees i just don't think so
1: well, not even Dylan Cease, but like I was talking about, what about a Kopech and a Aaron Bummer or Joe Kelly or both? For
0: yeah, I guess at the edges. I mean, a, a trade that would matter? No, I don't see that happening.
1: Well, I mean, we could we could be talking about um, you could be talking about the kid from uh, Mount Carmel, the shortstop. I can't re- remember his name off the top of my head. Um, that the Cubs have in the minor league system because they also just drafted another shortstop. And you could be throwing in a uh, the right fielder that the Cubs have out in A, Just came off back surgery. Another name that's going to scare you.
0: Well, he came off back surgery. Well, he's got socks written right on, all over him. Let's <laughs> go, go, go. But, socks. <laughs> that's Fuck what I'm saying. So but you if you give,
1: you give up a couple of those prospects... And you get, you know, Kopech, Bummer, and and sell the team, Jerry. You get Kopech, Bummer, and Joe Kelly for that. I mean, that's a decent trade for both sides of the team. Look, the White Sox are going to be in purgatory for a long time until Jerry, like you just said, sells the team. Until Jerry sells the team, or until somebody else just takes
0: over. Why do you keep calling? Why do you keep saying the name Joe Kelly? What's wrong with Joe Kelly?
1: That one year, bro, I fucking broke my back pretty
0: much. (laughs) Another guy who broke his back. Why would you want anybody from the White Sox other than maybe Dylan Seeds and definitely Luis Robert? Like, who else would you want?
1: Jeremiah Murray says, how many women has that shortstop? Yes. (laughs) That is a good question. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, are you ready to do some
0: Fitzgibberish? Oh, yeah, it's a good segue, I guess.
1: Let's do it, and then we're going to get into some
0: Bears talk. All right, it's Fitzgibberish. It's a diatribe of conspiracy and an island in the middle of unapologetic and usually, well, today I think we were pretty accurate sports talk. Well, it wasn't too long ago, was it, when Tim Anderson hit a home run in the fields of dream games in 2021 yes we are going to start with tim anderson this week and asking what happened to him and i do have a title for this the curious case of tim anderson yes the curious case of benjamin button came out i think in 2005 it was a story of a man who aged backwards wouldn't tim anderson love that Joe Buck, when he made the call in the Field of Dreams game, hadn't been so excited since his new Porsche dashboard came in. Walnut stock. The curious case of Benjamin Button, yes. Doesn't Tim Anderson wish his career would go that way? But the Sox shortstop is watching as his career declines. The last two weeks aside, as he has started raking a bit, we have highly documented on the show that Timmy's pecker as jeremiah just said or alluded to allegedly softened ta7 against uh softened ta7's mentality towards baseball what we have not talked about is father time tim anderson turned 30 just one month ago 30 was only um was only a marker for when baseball players would age out and usually when they signed A big contract. When the players almost went on strike or did go on strike and needed a three week spring training last year to get ready, the main topic was service time. The courts even had to get involved when Chris Bryant took the Cubs to court for manipulating his service time. Chris Bryant was held back from the majors for a couple weeks in the 2015 season after hitting nine home runs and batting 425 in spring training. Why? What? (laughs) to get one more year on his rookie deal. The Cubs did this. Chris lost the case and was not allowed to become a free agent until the end of 2021. In 2022, what age did dear old Chrissy turn? You guessed it, 30 years old. 30 years old in the major, like I said before, was not that old. Not too long ago, many, car- many careers blossomed at that time when the player used to be at the peak of his powers. I will say it again. Baseball is very hard. And a lot of times players don't make it to the majors till 23 or 24 years of age. They might not scr- start crushing it until almost 28 years young. How many quality years do they have left after that? What kind of return is a team going to get back on a contract where a player is going to be over 30? for 90 percent of it well i will just take a few contracts here to talk about manny machado was second place in the nvp voting in 2021 batted 298 with 32 home runs and 107 rbis this year he didn't even make the all-star game he's hitting 252 with 15 home runs through almost 100 games into the season. Manny just turned what age? You guessed it, 30. Bryce Hockper after his MVP season in 2019 at the age of 28, has four home runs this season in 67 games. Four home runs in 67 games. Tim Anderson hasn't had a home run since interest rates were at 3%, and the housing market was still booming. Mike Trout is hurt again and let's face it with 18 home runs and a 269 average was not having a trout in season 81 games through. He is what age? 31. And I received this text from from Combs earlier in the week. Yes, these are the salaries or the payroll for the AL East standings. Tampa Bay Devil Rays clock in at first. Uh, this was done a couple of weeks ago, so I think the Orioles are still in first. Tampa Bay Devil Rays are at seventy-six million dollars in payroll. They were first, now second in the division. Orioles sixty-seven million dollars are now first in the division. The Toronto Blue Jays are third. What's their payroll? $213 million. Boston's payrolls at $180 million, and they shed some of their payroll. And the Yankees in last place are yes, $279 million. Combs, do you know who has the biggest payroll in my AL Central? I would say the White Sox. It is the White Sox by a large margin. <laughs> 30 million? 30 million, yeah. Well over 100 million at 180 million by the way, Combs. But anyway, why is this happening in baseball? Why is this happening in baseball? Well, I'll say this. The hardest throwing pitchers in baseball right now are throwing harder than any pitchers have in the history of the game. Most of them are relievers, especially, but still We can go down the list right here. Uh, The Joan Duran, the right handed pitcher for the Twins, (laughs) is averaging 100 miles an hour on his fastball. He has a 281 ERA in 25 innings. Uh, Emmanuel Classe with the Guardians. So we got somebody from the American League Central, 99.7 mile an hour sinker. He has a 1.93 ERA. What am I getting here for Fitzgibberish? Am I going to just gibber on the problem with baseball today is a lot of players have to be younger to be able to hit the ball in this league. And it's just getting worse and worse every season. And there's no pitch clock. There's no Theo Epstein. That's going to come in. That's going to put another rule together to change things. And it's really going to mess with with baseball contracts moving forward. And that is Fitzgibberish Combs. So he started this off by talking about Tim
1: Anderson. He started this off by talking about that home run that he hit and the Field of Dreams. That home run shot him way up on my list of players that I love to watch, and also got me to oh, buy this man. Jersey. Also got me to go out and get this jersey. Tim Anderson to me is is one of those guys who right now just. I think a lot of the White Sox are in the same boat are are players that are in an organization that they just do not want to play for. It's an organization that is poorly run. It's an organization where the owner only hires yes men. It's an organization where the Chicago White Sox and their players and their fan base are just not happy to be there anymore. and they need change. And that change needs to start with Jerry. Now, Jeremiah Murray, during your Fitz gibberish, said, how major of a heart attack will Jerry have when Robert
0: asks for $300 million? Hopefully, a very major one. We should tell Jerry, <laughs> both Jerry's, Jeremiah and Jerry Reinstorf, that he's going to ask for a lot more than $300 million. Yeah, Yeah. You know, uh, but who knows? Will he be priced out by then? By the time he's off his rookie contract, which they actually extended, he's going to be 29 years old. Are they going to be giving contracts out to that? Look at the Yankees. Look at the White Sox. Look at the NL. Look at the Mets. Yeah. I mean, is Pete Alonzo having a great here? He's on the wrong side of 30. I mean, these guys aren't that old. Bryce Harper's 31. I didn't put it in the gibberish, but he's 31. He was 28 back in 2019. I mean, the way these guys are throwing now, I I don't know what happens to baseball and what happens to baseball players and what they're thinking for rookie contracts. Are the rookie contracts in baseball going to look like football? Because a lot of football players don't make it on the wrong side of 30. I mean, I just do do not know what's going to happen in the future of this game that I love. I just, and really, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with rules. It's, you know, just the evolution of the game. It's just optimizing what you can on the field. You know, the only rule I could think that could change things is to give people less relievers.
1: I mean, uh, look, there's that I is mean,
0: a sweet throwback, though. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I want it. that jersey.
1: Yeah, it's. I look. I own three Sox jerseys. They're all Tim Anderson jerseys.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you, really. Up to up until this year.
1: Well, even even this year, like I just I think that they are caught in that abyss, and nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to play. Nobody's happy. The guys that that you know normally have that flair have just lost it. That flair is gone, man. Like, it's it's one of those things where you watch a team play and you can just tell by their demeanor, by their body language on the field. This they they can't wait until they get to go golfing. They can't wait until they get out of there. They can't wait till they get away from the atmosphere because it's just a negative atmosphere, and it has been for a while in the White Sox organization. And I, it, it's sad because the White Sox, you know, when the White Sox and Cubs are both good, the city's buzzing in the summer. The city's buzzing in the summer. This series that we're watching tonight, right now, that the Cubs lead three to nothing in the third inning. This series that we're watching this week. With these two teams, it, it, the stadium's not only as packed as it is now, maybe even more so, but the fans are into it on both sides. They're probably fighting a lot too in the bleachers. Like that, it's, they're just not, there's not a team right now on the South side that's worth fighting for.
0: No there isn't that's why I have a you know old white sock shirt right on right now yeah but Jeremiah I mean this is the point yeah that I was trying to make gibberishly but it's why it's so important to draft well and that's what other teams yeah. are doing and that's why the Dodgers are set up with nine players from their farm system in the top 100 that's why it's so freaking crazy
1: throw that throw that uh, step back up the one that I sent you of the three teams. Okay. Or of the of the American League East, I mean. So now the Orioles actually have a two-and-a-half game lead yeah. in this division. Yeah, that's
0: what I was saying there in first now, but it, this was done a couple of weeks ago.
1: And that's so. $67.7 million. Yep. And they're fun to watch. Yep. They're exciting. The Rays, $76.8 million. Fun to watch. They're exciting. About, and they play in an abysmal an abysmal place to play baseball in Tampa no Bay. That stadium that. is terrible. They don't sell unless it's another team's fans that are coming to the game. The stadium is empty. the The Tampa Bay Rays two years ago, or or what was it, four years ago when they made the World Series, had to give away free tickets to fill the stadium so they didn't look like assholes on TV when the game came up and had empty seats. Like these t- these teams, these franchises. There, some of them do it right. The problem is, even if the White Sox only had a $70 million payroll, they still wouldn't be worth it to watch because they don't have the front office capable of doing it the right way. No. So I, that's what I think matters. I don't think it's about how much you spend. I think it's about spending in the right spots, spending in the right places, drafting well, but you also have the, have the right front office to make it work.
0: I to think make it happen well is going to be a premium and i even thought it when when the Sox traded um sale and uh, uh traded Quintana and traded adam eaton a couple other guys at the edges the the returns they were getting i couldn't believe it yeah, yeah. this baseball was already changing then the change is completely complete now i mean no one can really play competitively a lot of Position players cannot play competitively anymore on the wrong side of thirty. They can play somewhat competitively at you know at their at their Mike Trout. They're still going to have good seasons, but yeah. they're not going to ha- have MVP seasons anymore past thirty. That's in, that's crazy. No, I agree. doubting Thomas
1: wants to know when are we getting to the Justin Field handies? Here we go. The and
0: field. we're off. <laughs> and we're off to the Justin Fields. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. The Bears, man. We've got training camp starting this week. It's it's getting exciting in this town. This football team is getting exciting. And we have a lot of things going on. There's a lot of what it, they, they, we said this. I said this about the Cubs at the beginning of the season, too. Remember when we talked about the Cubs and I said, the problem is, like I said, the Cubs have a team that could pro- compete for this division. The problem is they have a if- Cody Bellinger can be a shell of the player. He was if Trey Mancini can stay healthy, if they can do this and if they could do that, And there was so many what ifs that I was just afraid to pick them to win the division. And that's what the bears are at right now. You know, the bears, the bears have a lot of ifs and it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be hairy to watch at times. It's going to be edge of your seat and you're going to pucker your butt every time Justin Fields has to take off out of the pocket. It's going to be one of those seasons. However, if they stay healthy, this is going to be a really fun season for Chicago Bears fans. This is going to be a, the beginning of what I believe can be a small dynasty in this league. And this is the start of the turning point of this franchise. And I truly 110% believe that heading into training camp
0: with two first round picks next year and two second round picks next year. And the team that I think they've put together here, which I think is at the bottom at the basement, a mediocre team if they stay, you know, somewhat healthy. Yep. Uh, you asked who's in the best position i i would think the bears would be in the best position in chicago right now as a chicago team even with you know uh what what happened with the hawks and i think we just heard and i it's been confirmed i saw it on the tv rocky words died today oh no yeah what yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure of it. They had it. They had something up there about his wife, and we'll we'll get our production staff on it. But I think Rocky Words did die today.
1: Kyle Beach kill him
0: <laughs> too soon. Kill him. You could <laughs> kill him. no. Yeah, I, I, w- w- I was a Rocky Words fan. Yeah, That's seventy.
1: Oh wow, that's you know, uh.
0: that's tough
1: news. Uh, you know. Sorry thoughts, to bring down the show. <laughs> thoughts out to the to the Wertz family and, and we'll see where the, the Blackhawks uh go from here. I'm not sure what the uh what the owner um ownership of the Blackhawks looks like moving forward, but it's something that we'll definitely keep a uh a close eye on for sure.
0: Thanks. Shannon. Um says yes, Rocky Wurtz died. I can confirm he looks like from a lot of different news outlets he did he did pass away today at 70 which i didn't even know he was sick, wow. but
1: yeah i look i mean a lot of sometimes people just they just pass i mean we we just lost somebody in the in the bags world who we i would see all the time somebody who was you know just throwing bags with us uh the, this past week um and then we get news um late monday night that that you know, Chris Novi passes away, and nobody can believe it. People, people were just throwing bags with him that uh, the other night, and and you know he was he was set to be there the on Tuesday, and and so it was it is shocking news. And sometimes you just you know life happens, life throws stuff at you, and so you know our, as much as our thoughts go out with the worst family, our thoughts go out to the Novi family as well here locally, and so yeah, it's tough, and it's it's. It's tough to
0: Rocky Wertz. sometimes. I don't want to bring levity here, but I'm going to anyway. Rocky Wirtz seventy, Virginia McCatsky, one hundred.
1: yeah, and, and Rocky Wirtz turned around a dying franchise, yep and and, and brought this town three championships it with the in. changes that he made from from what his father was doing incorrectly. and he saw the error of his father's ways. and once he took over for his father. Uh, you know, in in I believe it was 2007, maybe 2008, somewhere in that time frame, um, the the Blackhawks organization took a turn for the better, and so hopefully they will continue to do so. They've got a bright future. They they just you know signed one of the biggest draft picks in in you know Connor recent Bedard, NHL yeah. memory in Connor Bedard, and so. You know, we'll we'll see where they go from there. Um, tough transition, but we, uh, you know, the the Bears with training camp, it's a completely different perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. Bears training camp, you're getting excited for, you're getting happy with everything that is going for them, and 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 you know, they've got an owner that we hope follows the path of the Blackhawks owner, <laughs> and and we've got. Why
0: did you say we? <laughs>
1: If I go down, you're going oh, with me.
0: Wow. <laughs> what emails are we going to get this week? What the hell? We're going to have AARP coming <laughs>
1: after us. At any rate, th- I think that this franchise is turning itself around. Um yeah. <laughs> says Miss McCaskey loves them all. She's a new buddy White.
0: Yeah, apparently. Like I said, like I've said be so, be before, Jeff Bezos gave $5 million to anti-aging research. I mean who knows? She uh, can live to 150. How much how would, would it,
1: you in five million for anti-aging 5 stuff? Billion. Uh, five billion. Yeah. How much how much would it cost to uh, off this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Far less than that. Doubting <laughs> Thomas will do it for a song. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, but I, I mean I, I agree with you. Like I said, this this I think the Bears team is the team that is pointing the, the farthest up. First of all, the NFL is the easiest league to to flip around in, yeah, yeah, probably by far. I mean, I guess in baseball you can be Steve Cohen and put a bunch of money into it, but look what that would happen to the. I mean, the Mets are still not very good, but yeah. um, yeah, I think this team. I mean, the the addition of DJ Moore, Chase Claypool was put on the pup list, but it looks like he's he's okay. He's cleared to practice. Mooney is cleared to pack practice as well. Both had season end, ending injuries. You know i think this defense is going to be better i i say it a lot if this defense is mediocre and we don't have any major injuries on the offensive side i i, I don't see how they don't make the playoffs um i mean this was a pretty high-powered offense for about eight or nine games last year until yeah. you know st- we had stutters with justin fields and maybe they did throw a couple games
1: <laughs> the, and the bears as a. Uh... Jeremiah Murray says, DJ Moore receiving yards set a little over 800 yards. It's an easy bet right there. I believe so, too. I believe the Bears are going to have multiple, multiple receivers with over 800 yards receiving this year. And they're going to have to if Justin Fields' prophecy is going to become reality. Justin Fields had an interview this past week on a podcast that he was doing while at training camp, while out in, I believe it was out in Bourbon a. And they were talking to him and they said, hey, look, you know that the Bears have never had a 4,000-yard receiver, right? Do you think you can become the Bears' first 4,000-yard quarterback? Not 4,000-yard receiver, quarterback, I should say. And he said, yeah, sooner rather than later, this year. I'm going to do it this year. Do you believe... Justin Fields can throw for 4,000 yards this season. 2,200 last year.
0: In 15 games, too.
1: 4,000 in two total seasons.
0: They did have that rough start. I'll give them that. but um, I'm going to say he can do it. I mean, it, it's not like you can say he can't do it. Will he do it? <sighs> It's tough. I know what doubting Thomas thinks. Thanks for adding me to the, to the McCasper's. Yeah. I mean, let's just get to three first 3,500, 3,600. Just, he's going to have a lot of plays with his legs. That's the only thing, but you know, if he has under 800 rushing yards and play 17 games, yeah, I think it could happen if there's less designed plays for him to run. First of all, I, I don't get in the NFL, like with him, a bigger guy, I guess, but if he's going to be your franchise quarterback, I don't get the design runs. You do not have to do design runs for Justin Fields. He does better when they're not designed and, and these giant men are coming at him and then he throws them off him and runs for 80 yards. I mean, I don't think you need a whole lot of design runs this year. I know they're going to do it anyway. But I, in my mind, just to keep teams off balance, I guess, you want to give a guy a separated shoulder as your quarterback when you have nobody to back him up? I'm not sure about that. So... I'm kind of talking in circles here, but yeah, I think 4,000 is a little high for me.
1: I agree. I, I don't know that he gets to 4,000. I really don't. I I think he's going to be close. I think he's going to be around 35. Um, And I think that the Bears are going to be better than a lot of people think. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, better receiving core. I, I'm i hearing unbelievable things about this Tyler Scott kid even. So if one of these guys go down, I hear they love this Tyler Scott kid. Um, and I hear he's got a rapport already with Justin Fields. So I think they're going to do good things. I think that if they stay healthy, they are going to be a 10 to 12 win team. Said that before, I'm not backing off it now. If they stay healthy, this is a 10 to 12 win team. And I th- I believe they're going to stay healthy. I believe they're going to to protect Justin Fields better because he's going to be able to get the ball out quicker. He's going to have receivers that can run routes. He's going to have healthy receivers, which is going to help the run game, which was already good, which is going to allow Justin Fields to run the ball less which is also good. And I just, I don't think that 4,000 this year is, is realistic. I think 4,000, maybe next year, if maybe they add a a wide receiver out of the draft, you know, like a Marvin Harrison, Jr. Something like that. I can see 4,000 yards. I just don't see it this year. I do see three, three receivers, possibly with 800 yards receiving out of, um, you know, Case Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be a big year for him. Either way, I mean, I, I just think it's going to be a really big year for him. Uh, I, I just think they have a a lot of right moves there. But I don't want you, you know, five months from now, whining that the, <laughs> that the Bears didn't win enough games because Braxton Jones got hurt or Cole <laughs> Komet. It's going to have to be more of a significant injury in that. Yeah. And I do have a question for you. How much did you put on the over under seven and a half games? Is the over under for the bears from Vegas? It's been set that way for a while. It hasn't changed. It is. So
1: not only the over under of seven and a half wins, I'm going to take the over. I'm also willing to get in on the early season action because right now they are actually only favorites in five games that they play. Five out of the 17 games right now, are they actually a favorite? They are underdogs in both games against Detroit. They're underdogs in one of the games against Minnesota, and the one that's here in Chicago against Minnesota, it's a pick em. So they are only favorites in five out of the 12 games, so I might hop in on a lot of that early action as well. Um, I've, Dude, I'm, I'm prepared to put a lot of money on this Bears season because I really, truly believe that I am correct in this. And I truly believe that this is going to be the start of the turnaround of this franchise, where this is going to be a franchise that is turned back to prominence, which is going to be a franchise that finally has an offense that people look at and be like, wow, the problem is that after this year, Luke Gelsie is if they have the year that I'm talking about, Luke gets, is going to be a head coach somewhere else.
0: You got plus. and you're left with the ACE hardware
1: guy. I, I look, as long as Eberflus is getting the job done, this team—I'm telling you right now—Doubting Thomas says, "Oh my, Combs! You look, you're gonna—if you, well, you, you, you talk to you me, if you talk to me,
0: seven and a half after last season, they won—they yeah. at least won three games last season. If—if
1: if you talk to me about the Chicago Bears doubting Thomas, you will get a chub for football because I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm really excited." really excited about this bears team and what this bears team can do. I'm really excited about what they can do in this division. Cause right now I believe their only competition is the Detroit lions and the Detroit lions are, are half on suspension for, for gambling on the NFL. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I, that's the only other team I see in contention with I, Minnesota. I don't think
0: it's going to be half as good as they were last
1: year. And I don't think green, Bay. I think green Bay is a five to six win team.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't see it. like Jordan Love's going to be gr- good. I mean, I don't I don't see who says that. Oh, he's got, someone told me the uh the other day I was talking to a Packer fan. Oh, he's got a cannon. Like wait, he doesn't really have a cannon. There's only like 3 or 4 guys in the league that really have cannons. Mitch Trubisky had a cannon. Everybody throws the ball hard in the NFL now. This isn't 10 15 years ago. Or even 20 years ago, where Shane Matthews is the starter for the Bears, who can't even throw a freaking 12 yard out. It's just not stop watching the Cubs game. We're talking about the Bears.
1: It's not my fault,
0: Dansby anyway, Swanson's two for two with two home runs. Dansby. <laughs> who names our kid Dansby and doesn't think he's gonna get beat up?
1: I mean, anyway. he's beating up Michael Kopeck at the moment.
0: Ah, here we go. Jeez Good luck, man. Lord.
1: It's not my fault.
0: My God. Is that what the show has gone into? We're just going to be fans. And we're, yeah, my team's winning. And it's the third inning. Yay. If
1: this was the other way around, (laughs) you would be talking to.
0: There's still two games to go in the series.
1: No, there's only one game left in the series. It's only a two-game
0: series. A two-game series. Yeah. God. I don't even know what I was talking about. Something about the Bears. <laughs> bears, Bears, Bears. And you I were do- t- Jeremiah, though. I think, uh, I think, I believe his name is Rashawn Johnson is going to be, I think he's going to be a beast. I think that was a good pickup, too. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, you can always, <laughs> even if the doubting Thomas is in the world or, or my brother of the worlds are going to come and bitch that Justin Fields is going to suck. I think he's going to be a whale of a player. Even if he is, you have two first round picks and two second round picks next year. You can do whatever the hell you want. And I guarantee the QB class is going to be better next year. Jesus Christ! You can throw Virginia McCaskey in the QB class next year, and it would be better than this past year. I think. Yes. I just didn't see anything great this year. I think there's going to be a lot better quarterbacks next year in the draft if that's what they want to do. And then you just reset this thing. If that's what you want to do. I don't think that's going to be the case. But it's yeah. a win-win situation. There's just too many assets that they have right now.
1: It is. There's there's too many assets. Um, you know, they you could argue that. They need to put somebody better than PJ Walker behind Justin Fields or Nathan Peterman behind Justin Fields. You could argue that aspect of it, but it, it, as you're banking on health, and if this team is healthy, for, it doesn't even have to be for all 17 games. If this team is healthy for 14 or 15 out of the 17 games, this team is going to be a 10 to 12 win team. They are good now, and not only did they get better, but they're. You got to remember too; they're playing a last place schedule. They're playing a. They're playing no. a bunch of teams last year who just weren't that good either. You know, I and that's what to me really excites me about this this season because you're going to get to play Green Bay, who is going to be on the downswing. You get to play a Tampa Bay team who lost uh, Tom Brady. You get to play, uh, you know. Denver who had a down season might be better this year. We'll find out. You get to play Washington and Vegas and you get to play Carolina in in Cleveland and Atlanta. Like you get to play a lot of last place teams in this in this schedule. Plus, you got better. And I agree with Jeremiah Murray. I love Roshan Johnson. I really do. I don't think you're going to to miss uh, a beat, um, you know, losing Uh, Montgomery, I don't think you're going to miss a beat at all with Roshan Johnson. I think Roshan Johnson is the real deal. I, I like a lot of the moves that they make. I like a lot of the draft picks. I love DJ Moore. I think that this team is just, I'm very excited to watch. And everything that I hear about Justin Fields and his leadership is exactly what the Bears have needed in this locker room for a long time. You bring in uh, Justin Fields, who is is taking guys on vacations, getting his receiving core together, going on vacations with them, doing the things that they need to do, making them work out. He, th- you're finding OTAs, him work out
0: yeah. in, in
1: between OTAs. This guy is working out with the yeah. with the team. Like this is the guy that is the leader, no doubt. And everybody that I've heard from around this team and on this team is that they know who the leader is in the locker room. And it's just the fields. And the Bears have never had a quarterback like that. Never. And not even in the day of Jay Cutler. They did not have a guy like that.
0: No, Jay Cutler was a me.
1: Go me. ride a bike, Jay Cutler. <laughs> I'll He's never a, forgive I, him I, for he that.
0: Had the bad, he had the bad sugar.
1: I'll never forgive him for that. For right. For riding the bike during the damn freaking NFC Championship game that allowed Aaron Rodgers to win his only NFC title and only Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, that pickoff by Urlacher was pretty special in that game. But... Fuck you, Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have a torn MCL? I mean. <laughs> Anyway, I, I thought he'd be a lot better. Talk about a whale player. Buffalo Bills had a quarterback that threw with a torn
1: UCL in his elbow. <laughs> Talk to me about your MCL. Talk about a
0: guy who threw for 4,000 yards. Jay Cutler threw for 4,000 yards with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. What a joke. <laughs> like, I mean, sometimes you just have to shake your head at the joke that is Chicago sports. Preach, Combs. <laughs> I will.
1: Yeah, I gotta hate Jay Cutler so much.
0: What about Rex Grossman? What's your thoughts on him? He sort of lost a Super Bowl for the Bears. <laughs> I mean, that's more than a champ. no.
1: You know who lost that Super Bowl for the Bears? The defensive coordinator, who I uh, guy who's coaching in Washington now, Ron
0: Rivera. Ron
1: Rivera, because the Bears were doing everything that they they wanted to defensively in that game in the first half. And then they went to like a a, like not even I wouldn't say a prevent, but they they went into a zone defense and allowed Peyton Manning to just pick them apart in the second half. And and that was Ron Rivera's call. And it was stupid. Everybody knows the key to beating guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady is you have to get to them. You have to keep hitting them in the mouth. And you were doing that the entire first half and then just sat back and and tried to sit on the lead against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time.
0: They were hurt without having Mike Brown and Tommy Harris in that game, too. But are we relitigating again? I mean, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to that. Are we going to talk about Are we going to do the postgame for the 2006 Super Bowl, 2006-2007 Super Bowl? <laughs> we can do that. I mean, if you re-watch that kickoff return by Devin Hester, by the way, rewatch that if you have a chance. There's five guys that come unblocked. He does, like, three moves, and it's over with. It's one of the best returns he, he ever had, and it was in the TAM Super Bowl. Trusk
1: with the comment of the night
0: jay color tried to run for the williamson county
1: school board in tennessee didn't win that either
0: yes he <laughs> yeah, had the bad sugar he couldn't get too angry so, yeah, i can't play oh boy
1: did you see the saquon barkley news yeah one year 11 million yeah i, I, mean... I woke up this morning and saw that i was shocked I was, I was really, really shocked because that's, that's a huge risk for him to sign that contract. I don't understand why the running back position has depreciated so much in the NFL because Saquon Barkley uh, accounted for, I believe it was 33%, if not more, of the New York Giants offense last season. A third of your offense... Was Saquon Barkley. And you, he only got one year, 11 million.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, this has been happening, the running back position for years, obviously. I mean, we were yelling at the draft when two running backs got picked in the first round for Christ's sake. Um, yeah, they only last about two years. You can get one in the fourth round. That's terrific. Uh, I think Derek Henry came out to blast some teams for this. Do they deserve a little bit more? Yeah, but it's all about the value of the player to the team. That's how GMs have to work. I mean, do I think they're a little bit higher valued? Yeah, but not by much. That's why a, a lot of, college, that's why a lot of college talent with the same body set as a running back are becoming safeties.
1: If I told you as a running back, I accounted for a third of your offense me it was me that was a third of your offense last season you can only give me a one-year deal you can't even like just up but if you want to give you want to keep saquon barkley happy why don't you give him three years at just above like just above what i believe the uh the what is it the um not the salary cap but the uh franchise tag for a running back is just over eleven million dollars or it is 11 million something something like that. So basically essentially he signed the franchise tag deal for one year. If a guy is accounting for a third of your offense, why aren't you giving him, you know, hey, let's let's do I'll tell you what, 3 years at at 39 million. 13. Just over what a franchise tag price is. We're going to keep you for the next 3 years. You're young. You're a solid piece of what we did last year which was wildly overachieve. A team that everybody thought to be in the Bears position last year was a playoff team.
0: Like they're not saving money. I mean, what kind of contract is Daniel Jones under? Let's talk about a guy who's terrible, who's nobody is talking about. People want to talk about Justin Fields. That's another reason I'm shocked he signed that deal.
1: I'd be like, what did you pay for your quarterback?
0: Like, why? Look at that! That guy's stats are just terrible year after year. Yeah, he ran more this season. Oh, great! Yes, he's also a mediocre running quarterback. Like, I yeah, I don't know what's happening with the Giants, but I I mean, I do like their coach. Pretty good coach over there. Did a lot with shit.
1: Jeremiah Murray says, "Are you really wondering that, Combs? You can draft a guy in the fifth round, and he can do close to what a guy." that goes in the first can do ever to versus Pacheco. I look, I get it. I mean, I believe they just lost Pacheco for the, for the entire season too, by the way, in, in training camp. Um, but I look, you, you have to, you could say, Hey, you can get a guy who can do that in the fifth round, but I'm, I'm you're not, you're not going to get that guy from the fifth round. That's going to do that this year or even next year. A third of your offense. I mean, that's hard to do. That's hard for a running back to do to account for a third not of a team's hard. total offense. Quarterback
0: Daniel Jones. It's not that hard. Well, I mean, uh, well, there I, you I, go. But I, I mean, I think they deserve a little bit more. But play a position that's that's you know that's well. Only on the only position I mean, is quarterback. Money that safeties get no, no. What's happening in college is that a lot of these players are saying fuck that, fuck running back. I'll play safety. I won't get hurt as much. I'll play till I'm 35 and yeah, I'll I'll get a big contract. Yeah. I mean, even Eddie Jackson's contract bigger, not that Eddie Jackson would have the body type. That would be more strong to safety, but his contract's bigger than Barkley's. He's still playing it out. He's still playing out the Ryan pace money.
1: Well, exactly, but he says here Barkley, McCaffrey, and Henry are the exception to the rule I agree, but Barkley is the exception That just yeah, signed this that. ridiculous contract right. I mean, you know it, it, It's one of those where I mean, look, you, you let a guy Like David Montgomery walk because He wants that type of money I get it, I, I understood why the Bears Parted ways with him, and I, I think that The Bears got better By subtracting With David Montgomery
0: yep.
1: But I don't I don't think that a running back's value is that much less than a quarterback's value. I know it; it's quarterback is the most important position in all of American sports. Everybody talks about it all the time, but you put a a top end running back in with a mediocre quarterback. He can make that mediocre quarterback better.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what Saquon Barkley did last year. I mean, you'll have to str- you'll it's a stretch for me to call Daniel Jones mediocre, but uh yeah, I mean Yeah, I, I just think that's that's just how it is. I mean, like like a middle, middle linebacker like Roquan Smith, why did they trade me? We needed another pick and you're an off the ball linebacker, dude. Sorry. Like that's just how it is. You know, uh, I mean, there's, there's positions like this and in, in a lot of different, you know, second baseman in baseball, I mean, catchers in baseball now, catchers don't get shit in baseball anymore. I mean, unless you're Rialto or, yeah, you know, Rondell got some decent money cause he's a switch hitching catcher. And I think he, I think he earned a lot of that contract with the Sox, but that's few and far between. There's a lot of positions like this. And, you know, first basemen aren't going to be getting paid that much anymore, and it's already starting with that. And I'm surprised with o- Obreu's contract. And I thought he did well. He still only has eight home runs. Well, the game of baseball no, is just good. changing
1: all around. It used to be you want all your corners to be your guys that are your power guys, and your middle infielders can just be your base hitter. And now it just doesn't matter. You play where you play that. We just want a bunch of power guys. Like, baseball is changing in a way that – you know, I just really, I like some of it. I like some of it. I don't, but I mean, that's a different story for a different time. I just think that f- in the NFL, I think that the running back position being so depreciated is to me, it's just, it's, uh, it, it's, unfair to
0: yeah, well, the, these when guys. In the, uh, yeah. I mean, the league has changed as they've grown up. I mean, they were running backs when they were probably 10 you know, that's 20 years ago for some of these guys. It was a different league then. In 2003, like, geez, who won the Super Bowl that year? is probably mostly, a, you know, probably had a pretty good running team. I think the Ravens were somewhere around there who had a good defense, had Jamal Williams running the ball. Like, uh, it was just a different league. And even then it was starting to transition, though. Yeah. and then it was starting to transition that the people that were innovating in the league weren't paying running backs would just let running backs go to other teams and then you know pick them up uh you know pick up a guy in the third or fourth or even the fifth round to play it's unfortunate but that's how leagues go i mean leagues evolve that way
1: if this was the bears would we be screaming for them to to sign this guy to a three-year deal
0: i wouldn't be unfortunately. behind justin fields Unfortunately, I would not be, uh, really, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that in the running back, I've believed that for a while in the running back position that you can find another guy either that either via free agency, uh, you know, maybe trade, but probably drafting it's another position too, kind of like the position players in baseball, what's happening to to them at 28, you're already seeing guys maybe not derrick henry but you're seeing guys that are you know ticking down on their yards per carry ticking down on their yards you know per year already at 28 what are you going to do you know you're going to give a guy a long contract for that a four or five year contract after he's off his three four rookie year contract now you're getting into the 30 year you don't want him ending his last two years and being terrible yeah Uh, i guess you could cut him then I guess you can cut them that and not give them guaranteed money, but that's the great thing about football is you can just cut guys. Football's cutthroat, man. Football is the most cutthroat sport with paying guys, playing players, and they make some of the most money. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I'm mean, looking at, look at the money that a terrible basketball player gets paid. Right. Look at the, I mean, Vucevic, who's actually a good player for the, for the bulls he's actually pretty good got a bunch of money what 20 million a year 25 million a year he's a little mediocre. i mean and you can go down the line with that in in basketball baseball is the same way i mean they get paid a a decent rated football players it's not just running back
1: i agree i i I mean there there are some some levels of guys i mean you're talking about you know if Walter Payton was playing in this era, what are we talking about? Is, is he still Walter Payton? If Barry Sanders is playing in this era, is he still Barry Sanders? Because is he as regarded as he was back in the 80s and 90s? Because it's a different game now. So I don't know. I, I guess we'll, we'll find out. We'll see where it goes from here. He's going to have a one-year prove-it deal. Hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully he can get it done. Um Well, we've been out for about an hour and 26 minutes now. It's about closing time. I want to get back to watching this, finish watching this Cubs' ass kicking of the White Sox. And closing time means uh, news stories from around the world.
0: If they come back, this is going to be recorded, played for an intro. Well, if Grandal keeps, keeps trying to throw
1: guys out at second base and, and the, throwing the ball in the center field.
0: You were, or Virginia McNasty dies.
1: I'm dying before she does. <laughs> Probably of a heart attack from a team that she puts on the field. But anyway, news stories from around the world. This is where we get sometimes sports stories, sometimes regular stories. This time, it's just a news story. This one a singer, songwriter whose name is Brocard. She's from Oxfordshire. Married what she claims was the ghost of a Victorian soldier. Yes! <laughs> and now has said that they are divorced less than a year later. A songwriter and performer who goes by the name Brocard said she first met the devilishly handsome Eduardo when he burst into her bedroom one dark and stormy night. Hey, fucking minutes. the 40 year old from oxfordshire said long-haired eduardo immediately announced his love for her and later began confiding in her their spirited love affair hit the headlines when brocard announced they were to marry in a chapel on halloween in 2022 brocard posted a video of the ceremony on instagram where she was seen wearing all black with an empty space where invisible eduardo was said to have been standing However, shortly after they married, Brocard said she was angry that her husband got too drunk on their honeymoon in Barry Island, Wales. Yeah, there's more. Brocard added that Eduardo would become increasingly possessive and would switch between being warm and intense to threatening. She said, after our initial meeting, Eduardo slowly revealed more about himself to me. I saw his images as a Victorian soldier. He was always in his uniform, even on our wedding day. His face is devilishly handsome. Shoulder length, unruly hair. He looks lived in, well worn, troubled almost. There's a pain attached into his being. Well, it's because he's no longer a being. <laughs> the songwriter, poet, and performer also said she tired of Eduardo's unsettling fascination with Marilyn Monroe. Up your butt, Joe Boo. Brocard claims shoulders crush on the late iconic Hollywood actress began on their wedding day when he spotted the spirit of Monroe in the chapel. Uh, of she course. claims the soldier would disappear for days before returning smelling of Chanel. Number no. five, the fragrance, which had been Monroe's favorite perfume. Brocard said she returned to the chapel where they married and ordered to exorcise him from her mind. She announced a split in her song, Just Another Anthem.
0: Is this just for publicity at this point? I mean, come on. Downey Thomas says, Sir Eduardo Fitzgibberish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Michelle says, what's going on, guys? Sorry, just getting here on. Had a busy night. Shanna says, How in the fudge does someone come to the conclusion of marrying a ghost? What was she on to make her think that this was an option? And Brandon Combs Jr.
0: says, part-time singer, full-time psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Crazy.
0: That's American crazy. Was she from Florida?
1: <laughs> um, no, she's she's from England. Wow.
0: Where did you find that one?
1: how how do you you you, i well i mean i was just scrolling through and it's and it says singer divorces devilishly handsome ghost and i was like oh this gotta be good (laughs) (laughs) this has gotta be good and i started reading and i'm like oh boy okay yeah this is it wow your turn all right (laughs)
0: A uh, summer amusement turned into a serious nightmare on Sunday after a roller coaster malfunctioned in mid-air, trapping eight pa- passengers upside down for several hours. Oh my god. Can you fucking believe that? I mean, <laughs>
1: that one year, bro. I fucking broke
0: my <laughs> we back. We know, Joe much. Kelly. <laughs> the fireball was just sliding down from its vertical loop at the Forest County Festival and, yes, Crandon, Wisconsin, when it stopped unexpectedly because of a mechanical failure according to a joint press release from the fire department whatever. They were dis- dispatched to the scene, the fire department, within 15 minutes but needed to request special equipment including three ladder trucks. Oh, boy. Due to the release mechanism of the safety equipment on individual cars, all individuals in a car needed to be properly secured prior to release of the safety equipment, fire department said, so they were not able to be released right away. Jesus, there was a little girl on there. Can you imagine that? I've always thought, can people get stuck upside down on a roller coaster? Evidently, they can. I can share some video if you like, but my God. Wow. Imagine if your kid's up there.
1: I look. Uh, I love amusement parks. I love roller coasters. I love all of that type of stuff. But sometimes some of these things scare me, and that was that was definitely one of them. The funny thing is, is that my second story. Oh, well, there you look, go. We got uh, two of the other ones out. They're working on the other two.
0: We can cancel that.
1: <laughs> a video of of them hanging upside down. That is crazy. I want. I I was actually going to share one, too, because my my second story actually is also of a roller coaster. And I don't know if you've seen this, but this is at the Carowinds um, Amusement Park and
0: oh i gotta see this Ooh, apparent this holiday this is not what you want to hear about today inspectors are checking out this roller coaster that's been closed for safety reasons and it's all because of a crack! did you video. see it move a crack the support pillars now he's speaking <laughs> with inside edition about getting the ride shut down it's a crack on a monster roller coaster it move oh my god the disturbing video at the oh Oh my god oh my god that's that's like these are
1: the things that make me not trust some roller coaster music we got carnivals all the time they have like the zipper and that type of stuff some I
0: trust. How are building them? How how Ooh. did how did the
1: park not spot this? This was spotted by a parent watching their kid on the roller coaster when this thing shifted like that.
0: Who runs this? Who runs this park? Uh, the sock scouting department.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I had a picture of it because, like, three days later, because they were while they were waiting for it, they they shrink wrapped it. While they're waiting for somebody to
0: come out and actually fix it, well, of course. Why didn't they duct tape it?
1: Just, just shrink wrap it and run, run it. It's good. It'll hold. You should have duct taped it, dude. I will. I will be inspecting every post of every roller coaster I ever go on again. Tim Anderson wrote the zipper too much, says Jeremiah Murray. Yeah, yeah, about that. That's tough alright well this has been another episode of Windy City Sports Talk thank you guys always Shanna's been in here regularly thank you Michelle for chiming in Brandon Combs Jr. Jeremiah Murray of course Doubting Thomas thank you guys all for chiming in thank you for being a part of it as always if you missed any part of the, today's live broadcast or if you just want to listen to us again because we are that damn good Catch us on all podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, and Pandora. We're also now available on iHeartRadio. As always, make sure to click that like button, share, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Till this time next week, when we will be back, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, we're out of here. Hey, fucking minutes.